Oh, I'm going to go get some uh, green tea really quick. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm going to go get some liquor. Uh, Maybe I should do that instead. Do that. Y'all both suck. Bring me some liquor. I'm not trying six hours to bring you liquor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Buy your own damn liquor. Go three Kevin? hours. Matt will meet you in the middle. Should I drink beer or should I just drink liquor? Uh, Well, make sure you have some liquor because Kevin's about to drive six hours to your house to get some. <laughs> Dunk, 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 dunk. Five o'clock in the morning. Logan! <laughs> Logan, I'm already drunk. I had to stop on the way here. It was taking too long. <laughs> I forget why I came here now. I'm so thirsty. Welcome to. Hey, let's talk about that movie. Or whatever. The only podcast on the internet where people talk about. Okay, so hey, let's talk about that movie or whatever. I'm into it. Me too. I'm Matt. <laughs> He's Matt, everybody. Screenwriter by yeah. night. Uh, Can we what did you do in the day? Who I don't, I have no idea. And I do this. Eh, this is at night as well, though. Shit, I have no windows. <laughs> okay, so Kevin, what do you do? Um, what do you bring well, to this podcast? Uh, uh, cleverness. Gun. I'll bring uh, you guns. <laughs> the the big big guns. Now I bring um I bring a a, a level head and uh, uh other boring stuff. Okay, so and Kevin has he... no idea what he why he's here. No, all right. <laughs> we went just like a movie club, right? Yeah. Kevin is the wishy washy member. I'm Logan, and I'm a big horror aficionado, and I love talking about movies. Hey, I like talking about... I don't love it, but I, I do like it. I love it. I'll talk about movies, <laughs> like, for at least an hour sometimes. So, hey, let's talk about that movie or whatever. All right. This week, I'm, I'm down. down with that for an hour or so. This week, we're going to be speaking about The Double, directed by Richard Aoud, starring... Jesse Eisenberg as Iowade. Uh, Iowade? Sorry to interrupt. It's it's Iowade. Iowade. I right. thought it was Ayode. I thought it was Ayode too. Iowade. You both thought it was Gautier, and you're wrong. We are going to be discussing the double, which is directed by Richard. How do you pronounce him that? Richard Iowade. Iowade. I can't pronounce that. So that's going to be like the last thing. Call him Richard A. No, fuck that. (laughs) That's disrespectable. That's disrespectful, Kevin. So we will not be doing that. So I can't call him Ricky? No. (laughs) Big Rick? (laughs) Just call him the director. Don't call him Dick either. Yeah. Okay, I can call him the director. The director. With a capital D. Yes. Exactly. Director. Starts with a D. Yeah, okay. All right. He did. Matt didn't get it. He was very confused. I didn't. It seemed vaguely insulting to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. he's a director with a capital D. Tonight we'll be. I'm going to try this for like the third time <laughs> and see if we can get this <laughs> without me being interrupted six times. Should I'm we drink- introduce ourselves again? Should we tell uh, what we're drinking? No. Well, no. we can. What's well, everybody drinking tonight? Let's do this before we start talking about this movie or whatever. Okay. I have a 
Diet Mountain Dew and Jim Beam. That sounds lame. It's terrible. Why do you yeah, do that? You can to drink it through. Us. That's all I had. I'm gonna say I am uh, drinking a Bloody Caesar, the national drink of Canada. Oh, really? That's interesting. Really, as in, am I really drinking it, or is it really the national drink of Canada? Oh, it is the na- national drink of Canada. And are you drinking it? What are you <laughs> drinking, Logan? <laughs> I'm drinking a red strawberry ale because it's delicious. Oh man. Pretty good. I can drink a lot of it. Okay, so I'm Matt. <laughs> I'm Kevin. No one cares. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, let's talk about this movie or whatever. I agree. <laughs> Tonight we'll be discussing The Double by Richard Aoade. Is that how you pronounce it, Matt? Nailed it. You nailed it. Nailed it. He is best known for his sketch comedy. He's been on The Mighty Boosh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, The IT Crowd. He's one of the main guys on The IT Crowd. Which uh, he just won a BAFTA for. Oh, awesome. Good for him. What is is a BAFTA? The uh, British something of something, something, something. Oh, it's a British award, so we don't have to talk about it. Film and television is the F and the T. But he's a well-known British comedian. He's hilarious. God, the is, first time I saw the IT crowd, I was just like, this is like the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, he's also pretty good in The Watch, which is an American film that is okay at best. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, I didn't think that movie was as bad as everybody else did, but that could be because I was expecting it to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, but we're discussing the double, which is uh, based off of Dostoevsky book stars Dostoevsky. Yeah, Matt will pronounce all these foreign names, which I can't pronounce because I have not heard people say them before. All right, you're an American. I'm proud of the fact that you can't pronounce other people's languages. You say the sentences and I'll just pay close attention and I'll jump in and say the one word. The main character, the star of this film is Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he plays both Simon James and James Simon. Simon. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> Who is... Simon James is very timid. A very timid man working at this company for years who no one takes notice of. And near the beginning of the film, you see that he has a double. James Simon. Who is his cousin? No, Matt. No, he's uh, not. I, I meant. Wait, he is his the double. Doppel. I was going. For, yeah, doppelganger. Yeah. Oh. I was going for the hard, hard word that I can't say. <laughs> doppelganger. Oh man, he's his doppelganger. He said the shit out of that. <laughs> so this, what this movie does it it deals with Simon James confronting. James Simon, who is very different. Very different indeed. Whereas Simon James is very timid. Very unnoticeable. A bit of a non-person, really. Yeah, that's what people say. (laughs) James Simon is charismatic. He's great with the ladies. He's outgoing. He's a bastard. And and he looks exactly like 
him. And no one else really seems to notice unless you point it out because Simon James is so forgettable. Even yeah. when he points it out, the guy's like, meh. He's like, yeah, maybe, I, maybe I see a little. It, I guess. What this film deals with is the differences between the two and how James Simon kind of screws everything up for this dude. That's the synopsis I can really think of. Alright. So. Which, uh, the, uh, the, uh, novella, uh, on which this is sort of based, uh, seems to kind of be about how he doesn't want to be the sort of person who steps on other people and puts on a false face and, uh, yeah, and he's struggling with that, like the other person of himself that he kind of needs to be to be successful in society. I I speed read uh, the Dostoevsky novel today, so I got I got a couple of things out of it, and I don't remember anything else. That's awesome. Thanks. Matt reads books, unlike me. I just listen to audiobooks. That is a very Apt point, Matt. Thank you. James Simon is definitely, as Kevin said, a bit of a bastard. He is manipulative. He is charismatic. He is completely uncaring of other people. Just self-serving jackass. Simon James is not. Which, Which by speaking, the way, speaking to the point that Matt made, that I mean, it's almost as if. You know, if both of the personalities, both of these people were put together, it might not be so bad. He'd have the ability to moderate his more selfish tendencies, perhaps. You know, so that's some of what the movie was uh If you could balance at. the external self with the internal self. Little boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, should I start what I thought of the film? Uh, sure, go ahead. Go for it. Actually, before you get started, um, I don't know if there's a better way for us to, uh, designate the two guys that are the same as each other. Who look well, the same as each other. Well, there's Simon and there's James. Yeah. Yeah. That's not gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get super confused by that, but maybe not Sim everyone does, so Simon I'll just try and roll with it. Yeah, Simon's the timid guy. James is the bastard. That makes sense with their names, though. Simon sounds really timid, and James sounds like a fucking asshole. Yeah, total <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Never met someone named James that I liked. <laughs> but I like this film. I liked it a lot. It was very, very stylized. And that's that's the big thing about this film. It's very, like, the visuals are really interesting. Very stylized. Very interesting shots. Which I, I kind of feel like that's the most important thing for a movie... You know, for something that has such a surreal premise. Yeah. That's definitely is, what this film is about, is that is whole the, feel and the quirkiness of this. Yeah. The feeling of it is like kind of the whole thing. I definitely thought uh, while watching it that this is, these are the kind of movies that in the future are going to be, I hope, more prevalent because I think uh, box office and film, in order to compete with television, it's either going to be the gigantic Avengers-style movies, or much smaller smaller stories like this one that 
you know, aren't going to have sequels that are just a, a snapshot of, of whatever story is being told. I had a similar thought, at least when you started talking, and then I didn't know what you were talking about. But <laughs> I agree. Zoned out. Well, I think there definitely is more of a market for smaller budget films nowadays because they're easier to make with the equipment we have, the new technologies that we have. Yeah, and people can actually get them. You know, yeah. distribution is right. something that anybody with an internet connection can get pretty much anything. Which is, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things now. Digital distribution has opened up the avenue for a lot more direct-to-video movies. So movies that normally would not be profitable can find a market and be become profitable. And that's mostly what I gravitate, gravitate towards is video-on-demand things. Because those are the movies I want to see. Because I don't, I don't care about Hollywood stuff. And honestly, the last few movies I've seen in theaters, like big budget films, have disappointed me greatly. <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't have liked seeing Tom Cruise as Simon James? Actually, uh, Tom Cruise is a really good actor. I don't, I don't know if he could pull that <laughs> yeah. off. I don't think he's awkward enough. I actually kind of would like to watch that. Like, I thought this casting was great, but yeah. You can't, you can't offer that up to me and me say, no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I, th I thought Eisenberg did a wonderful job. Yeah. I thought especially, yeah. I was going to say especially as Simon, as the meek guy, but then he comes in and it's a complete reversal. Jesse Eisenberg is one of the best awkward, scrawny white dudes in Hollywood. The only person who even compares to him in that respect is Michael Sarah. <laughs> I actually said to my Wait. girlfriend that they should like have a, a wuss off. They should have a movie where they compete to see who is the the least intimidating uh, person. Yeah, and, and they just get quieter and quieter. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking at some awkward, awkward scrawny dudes, Michael Sarah, and Jesse Eisenberg, those are like the top two. But I don't think Michael Sarah has the charisma to pull off the James part. So Wait, I thought that, I thought that. this. I thought Michael Sarah was the one that was in this, right? Oh, man. <laughs> you watched the wrong movie. No, but they, uh, for the double, they knew that Jesse Eisenberg was perfect because he, you know, plays such timid roles all the time. But they also know that he can play a huge dickhead because uh, he played uh, Zuckerberg. Um, also, he was, he, he had a much, he played a much stronger personality in um, Now You See Me. Where yeah, it's like a it kind of an in your face magician. Um weird eh, not a not the best movie, but I thought he was good in it. Let's talk about that movie or whatever. <laughs> not right now, it. but I, I actually would like to talk about that movie. There's a lot to talk about in yeah, that one. I agree. That's your movie. You picked it. <laughs> That's your movie, I picked it. No. <laughs> but getting back to what I thought of the film, it's very stylized, a lot of really interesting camera work was very dark really reminiscent of like dark city i thought i thought about that as well i'm like uh this is what happened inside one of the office buildings in dark city <laughs> yeah it was, it was really beautiful though it's yeah it's really interesting lots of vivid colors but there's no natural light in the film and that's to give it a more like nightmarish feel make it feel like a dream i don't know if there's even a picture of the sky at any point you know <laughs> Well, there is at night, like there is. Yeah, near when they're walking to the apartments, mm -hmm. you can see the 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 sky. There's okay. a few outdoor shots, but they're at night. Yeah, I was glad that 
you used the word beautiful, Mac, because that's that's kind of how I felt, especially in that opening scene. It's just like, I mean, to describe it as beautiful, it seems kind of odd, considering it's like on a dirty car with, you know, him sitting alone. And but the way the light flashes through and the and just the way the story begins in such a surreal manner, it, it perfectly sets the tone for what you're going to see for the next hour and a half. Yeah, I totally agree. And it was like, uh, it's kind of disturbing visuals, just kind of a little off-putting, but they're just very beautiful. Yeah, it does a really good job of making you feel a little uneasy. Just kind of colors that people would normally go to to make you go like, "Eh, I feel a little queasy and kind of, I just want to go outside. I was going to say, I actually um, watched Submarine today as well. Um, just because I'd never seen anything else he had directed. And he really, his sensibility is one of a indie horror movie. I mean, if he did a horror <laughs> movie, I'd like run to see it because I, he can be quiet and he can be just kind of, um, the way he uses the shaky cam, it, it, it's better than in any horror movie and it, and it kind of, uh, presents that feel. He's, yeah, he's a very quirky sensibility. I, I wouldn't say really horror. But it's very dark. It reminds me a lot. Honestly, it reminds me a lot of Wes Anderson. <laughs> it reminds me like Wes Anderson. Yes, it reminds me the camera work and how quirky his films are. Remind me of Wes Anderson. Okay, I thought you were saying it's very dark, like Wes Anderson, <laughs> <laughs> like Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> Some of that stuff is Wes Anderson's pretty dark, dude. Seriously. It's uh, I mean, I love Wes Anderson stuff. But... Yeah, some of that stuff is really dark. It's like a storybook like in, look in the at, Royal Tannenbaum. At... Yeah. And... Yeah, none of it looks dark. Like, some of this stuff is a little disturbing, but it's not... Like, it's all very pretty. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it had kind of a 70s feel to me, a throwback um, of, A, the use of music in this movie. Uh, let's If we can get to that soon, I would really like to talk about that, because I thought it was exceptional. Well, No, we it. can't get to that yet. <laughs> yeah, Why? just talk about it. Oh, That's... okay. Yeah, well, I, just, I was trying to follow a format here that I wasn't sure what, what the format is. Well, the format but is we're just the, talk about the film now. Yeah, the so choice that's... of the choice of music in here, from the score to the the songs that come through. Like he meets um, what's the what's the uh, the one that he has the crush on? I know, I know, a real name is something very hard to pronounce. Anna? Was it Hannah? Yeah. Is it Hannah Montana? No, no, it was not Hannah Montana. Not Miley Cyrus. Hannah Montana. Oh, wait, maybe. Yeah, it's Hannah. Um, look, um, that's, after that's he talks to he speaks, he um, joins her in a little cafe diner. Uh, they're speaking after seeing their neighbor jump from a building. And uh, she leaves a, a coin on the table while he's in the bathroom and asks and leaves a note asking him to play a song for her. that the song that he chooses is is beautiful it's like a french song it's very uh light and quirky um and in very short succession they go to this uh ball that the the company they work for is having and they have a live band playing what kind of sounds like a, a loungy have loungy beach sounding song i don't know i just i love the songs and i love the score one thing you mentioned that scene where she leaves the note in the coin Mm -hmm. 
What I thought was really cool was he picks up the coin and the note, then it cuts to her saying the note, like a actual shot of her, like in just a dark room, if I recall correctly. Yeah, just a black backdrop. Yeah, just black backdrop, just yeah. saying what was on the note. I thought it was a Japanese song. It could have been. I remember French, but again, I, I watched um, Submarine today, and they specifically speak to his love of French uh, songwriters. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, I thought Submarine was pretty good. I enjoyed Submarine as well. I, I yeah, We're not sub- talking about that movie, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about that one movie and no others. <laughs> I just watched Submarine directly after I saw this film, too, because I'd never seen anything else he did. And Submarine was cool. They were extremely comparable as far as style. I I found that really interesting. Very similar. I mean, I wondered if... um, I I wonder what we'll see from him in the future. Uh, He's uh, pretty good, though. He reminds me of Wes Anderson, honestly. (laughs) The quirkiness of his stuff. I see more like... um, yeah, they like seem a Paul very... Thomas Anderson or uh, or even Coen Brothers before I'd say Wes Anderson. I think it's... I kind of get what you're saying, Logan, but it's like a very different thing. Like it's yeah, it, it's like kind of measured, but they're you know different uh, different styles for sure. Well, they, one they of the are more, different. One but... of the more remarkable things I think about um uh what was the guy? Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah, that was the guy. What, what's his name? <laughs> Who are you I'm talking blanking. about? George uh, Clooney? The director. Wes Anderson? Oh, Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, Wes Anderson. Movies of like six times. Do you know Wes Anderson as the Fantastic Mr. Fox? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox guy. Okay. His, his name is too hard to pronounce. Um, Anderson? Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Hey, his Kevin, shots are you have one of the most remarkable thing about his his uh, style is that his shots are just like ninety percent of them seem perfectly centered. Like the image that he wants you to look at, or at least the the primary image is dead. You know, like he speaking of measured, it's like he took a slide rule out and said, "Okay." <laughs> well, I was talking about him when I said that. <laughs> Well, I know, but and, yeah, but I don't see how that relates to to this film. Well, a lot of the same, the way the dialogue is written, and the way it, it's a very short, quirky dialogue, very short exchanges, very quick exchanges, and very weird exchanges in dialogue, <laughs> which a lot reminds me a lot of Wes Anderson films. Yeah, Wes Anderson. Uh, not to get too off topic talking about Wes Anderson, but I just <laughs> wanted to say. Uh, after Fantastic Mr. Fox, and he did Moonrise Kingdom, I <laughs> Moonrise Kingdom looked almost like claymation with live action people to me, just as far as the way that it was it all did. composed. I agree. I still need to see that, and I need to see Grand Budapest Hotel as well. Yeah, I have not uh, got out to see that yet. Too busy. <laughs> well, another thing that. Um... I guess I could bring up now because we're kind of touching on style is there's no way really to take this movie literally. I mean, you have to look at it as, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A- allegorical. Yeah. Surreal. Yeah. Yeah. The story, honestly... not even surreal. It's cause it's like, I don't know. I think of surreal is more real 
Or more <laughs> surreal That's is more the opposite of real. Surreal is not <laughs> as, real. As more weird, I was trying to say. And this is just Sur- like, um, you know, choices are made obviously to make more of a point than to make sense. Surreal means uh, the most real, which is why you add the honorific of sir <laughs> before. Surreal. Surreal. And that's a night you don't want to fuck with. Keeps it real. <laughs> he keeps it real. But yeah, I, I think that they really established that like right off the bat, even before you see, oh, hey, there's a guy that looks exactly like that other guy in every way. And nobody thinks that's weird. And he his name is the other guy's name, but with the first oh, and exactly. last name reversed. You it's know, like the fact just... that he can't get into his own office after working there for seven years because they don't recognize him. I mean, yeah, right, right off the bat, like when the movie first starts, you immediately get the feeling you get more feelings than you get, you know, oh, I'm just watching this thing that's happening in the world. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I concur. And now that you have both brought up the beginning of the movie, I just wanted to say uh, I was I was pretty on board. As soon as it started, I'm like, all right, I kind of love this movie already. Yeah, I agree. It's just... Just the first, the the train scene at the very beginning. Yeah. And I think, like... I really relate to that. (laughs) Like, incredibly. I think this is how we (laughs) started talking about the whole movie. Especially with one with with an opening as instantly lovable and, and interesting as this one. Because he's sitting there, you know, minding his own business. And this guy comes up in this empty train car and asks him to move. No, he tells him, you're in my spot. He doesn't you're even ask in, you're him. In, you're in yeah, my you're, place. You're in my place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they had the dude's face purposely, I assume. Um, maybe to make you think later on. Just off screen. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it, shows... it was clearly not Jesse Eisenberg's voice, but. I'm not so sure. I mean, it could have been. But yeah, that's a that's a very apt way to start it with someone telling him, you're in my place. With a bunch yeah. of empty seats all around him. And Those are the just, only two people in the car. This immediately starts out with, okay, well, this guy's kind of not really in him. Maybe he's not in the right place. It's just in his life. He feels out of place, even though... I forgot where I was going with that sentence, but I think I almost made a point. I think you really almost made a point. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. So, what were your, some of your favorite scenes in the films, guys? In the film, guys. Um, there was a great scene um, when the two Jessies <laughs> go to the diner that Simon always eats at. And they go to eat together, and uh, what was it Simon asked for? Eggs, I believe. And then she was like... It's like we don't serve oh, breakfast no, he, at night. He, he asked for a bagel, and she said we're out of bagel. Right, right. And he was like, then just a Coke. And then she uh, goes to James, who is like, I'll have eggs and toast. And she's like, we don't serve breakfast at night. Like... I'll have eggs and toast. Like, well, do you have eggs? And she's like, <laughs> do you have a fry? Yeah. 
like, okay, so cook me some eggs. That's your job. <laughs> and you order eggs and toast and like a beer and <laughs> something. <laughs> and coffee. Yeah, she just orders hey. all this stuff and she's like, all right. And then she's back right away, <laughs> which every other scene in this diner in the movie, it takes forever to get anything. <laughs> she comes back right away with James's everything he asked for and then informs Simon, we're out of coke. And gives him some blue liquid, which I thought it was hilarious in the, the first time they go to the diner when he's with uh, Hannah. And she brings in the same glass of blue liquid. <laughs> he's like, I asked for orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Or I I think this was supposed to be orange juice. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> he can't even say, "Uh, I asked for orange yeah. juice." It's I think this was supposed to be orange juice. He also has a funny line in there where I think she says she says something to the effect, "Do they do this often, or do they mess up your order often?" And he's like, "Yeah," and she's like, "So why do you come back?" And he's like, "I like to think I'm pretty loyal." <laughs> And she has something about, like, uh, how long the food normally takes. And he's like, quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, which leads me to um, ask a question. What was your take on the little TV show that they watched off and on throughout? I fucking loved it. <laughs> it, it was really, I mean, I kind of want to watch an episode of it. I just, I wanted to know what it meant to the story, in your opinion. Was well, that, it just the distraction? That show? Yeah, I think it's just to represent what he wants to be, what he what he likes. Uh-huh. He wishes he was confident and swashbuckling and just an all around cool dude. And I the thought hero it, in that show. And I thought it was great how they did that. Like it just seems like a very surreal show <laughs> that you wouldn't actually see on TV these days or whatever time or universe this movie's supposed to take place in. Yeah, it seems like a weird, timeless, steampunky universe. And that was the first time he watches it. He just comes home alone and sits on his bed and turns the TV on. And there's just this super long, I guess it was the opening or something. But it was just like this really long, weird video of this guy. This really cool guy. Like the idea of a really cool guy in like the 80s. The idea of a cool futuristic guy in the 80s. Yeah. That is accurate. Yeah, and I really, it's just, you know, because you have the surreal movie, you, you know, have that sort of, that's what's on TV. The surreal, crazy world, the super real world. <laughs> it feels like, like, what was on TV there was to that universe what what's on TV in our universe is to our universe. It's like this fucking weird distraction that's sort of... I think Kevin's trying to speak and we can't hear him. Yeah, we can't hear you, Kevin. I see your mouth moving. He got off. I think he unplugged his headset again. There we go. Okay, there you go. You're back. You plug it in. That's where the microphone goes. (laughs) Wait, this hole? Yeah. Not that hole. Um, (laughs) I think it spoke to his kind of... I think it was used as a device to kind of show his... um, desire to get out into the world because the first time they show it he's like sitting on his bed holding his water you know just kind of watching it and that's when he kind of decides you know after a few minutes he goes to watch hannah who lives across from him in the apartment um 
seems directly across from him. Yeah, it's the super creepy thing, which kind of starts off his interaction with her, where he watches this dude jump off a building, and then they speak about him later. Yeah. Well, that that um, I think they allude to the fact that he basically moved in there to watch her. Because she's, she's talking about some guy that had been following her around and that he, she didn't know if, um, he got fixated on her because he moved upstairs or he moved upstairs because he got fixated on her. And, and then she asked, like, how long have you been? Say what? Attracts creeps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then she, uh, she asked, how long have you been living there? And he's like, asked, definitely. She does. She asked something like that. Oh. And he's like, uh, a, a while. Definitely. I definitely didn't just move in there. Yeah. Like definitely before you moved in or something. Yeah, like that. totally offered it up. Like I definitely didn't just move in. And so the other guy on the other building, uh, uh, above Hannah's place, is standing there with binoculars, looking back at him. Yeah, well, and he waved and jumped. Before yeah, we get but, into the jump, I mean, Logan, you you noted that it was creepy, which, in theory and in practice, yes, it seems extremely creepy. But I thought the way they showed it. It didn't seem creepy at all. It is what? creepy. It wasn't I thought it, looked, I thought it looked like, you know, I totally got the feeling that if at any point she had started taking her clothes off, he would have been like, oh, my God, and looked away and, you know, totally respected Probably. that but uh, he's part still, of privacy. But he's still spying on her. Well, I, I think just, it's just the concept way. of it is creepy to right. Logan, much like the concept of a uh, college student having sex with a 15-year-old is creepy. That, that is was a, another thing. <laughs> that was a previous episode. Yeah. Well, I'm creeped out by things that are really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just admired the way that he, he shot it. It didn't it didn't feel creepy. He's I a creepy dude, should... but that's like... Oh, he's okay. very creepy. And yeah. like when he, he stands there like, you know, in his hole waiting for her to walk by so he can you know, talk to her and he can't even do that. He, yeah. he buys her a gift later on and he's like, I bought you a gift, but I, it was, I didn't think I decided it wasn't appropriate. She's like, okay, <laughs> that's super yeah, weird, but, but we know enough wait. about him. I think that a, he's harmless. Yeah. It's not threatening. Creepy. It's right. just sad. Creepy. Just like, yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> like, Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> I mean, this, this is his connection to the world. Basically. His uh, but what about her. his office, where there's just tons of <laughs> super old guys who have lived their whole life in these tiny cubicles? I, I love the office, too. I mean, if you can't see yeah. at least some parallel and you work in an office, then you are way luckier than I am. And the, the cubicles are great. There's cubicles a desk are on, wonderful. <laughs> the de- there's desks on both sides, but there's basically enough space between the desks for you to fit in a chair. For you to rotate, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sit and spin. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. <laughs> and I like the fact that they had these these old antiquated machines and uh I like the fact that their copy machine had a zero copy option. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and I like how vague what it is their business does. Like oh, they yeah. give you certain information. <laughs> they process data. Yeah, it's like statistics. And you even see like a presentation about their company and you still yeah, go, okay, so this is just people dealing with numbers. Yeah. Which, speaking of the commercial, he's in it like briefly. Yeah. 
And his mother asks, which one were you? And he says, I don't know how to answer that. It was the one that was me. Yeah. Anything else you want to comment before we proceed on our favorite scenes? Well, that was... That's what yeah, the whole thing was. In the favorite scene. Yeah, that was that. We started with Matt's, and then we went off. That's why I asked if there's anything else. Oh, I, was, I don't. I don't I know. That was my favorite scene. That was just the first one that popped into my head. But go ahead okay. if you have any more you want to talk about. Um, well, my favorite was when he, when uh, James was giving Simon dating advice, and they're just like walking and and talking, and uh, the, the very first thing you hear him say is. Uh, keep your hand on the small of the woman's back. He's like, don't, don't put it on their ass. Some of them get touchy about that. And he's like, it, uh, it shows you're interested, but it also shows you can push her down the stairs at any minute. <laughs> you have enough leverage to push her down the stairs yeah. at any moment, which is a very telling sign that James is a sociopath. <laughs> oh, extremely. Oh, and he makes a remark about, uh, two men can't ride on a motorcycle because it's gay. Yeah. Except in drive-by <laughs> shootings, uh, bomb throwings. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that's that's the one that really kind of summarized the movie. Without that scene, he wouldn't have been <laughs> the depth of his um, like brevity. Yeah. yeah, and it's also clear like he's never done any of that stuff. But that's totally like that's how things are. Like right. if you need to do that, that's that's okay. I love the boss. <laughs> you know, Michael, uh, Wallace Shaw? Yes, um, that is what. That is... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I let him tell him after he first sees uh, James and he faints. He tells him uh, drugs are fun, just not in the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's so, that was one of the things, like, even when uh, James kind of starts uh, screwing him over in the workplace and the bosses, like, he's. You know, James steals Simon's work and the boss was like, oh, you're great. He still uh, says to Simon, like, I'm not mad at you. I just want you to <laughs> just pick Perfect up middle your... management. Yes. Nobody is really does anything mean to him except for himself, except for his double. Yeah, that is. Well, and the. Security guard. He seems totally indifferent. That's just like yeah. bureaucracy. That's like everything takes super long at your restaurant. <laughs> you have trouble getting in your building and all this shit. He does like, seem he does seem openly aggressive though. It's like he's such an annoyance that he has to put him <laughs> he has to make him understand that he's putting him out. And tells him he needs his supplemental ID and all this. Yeah, all that <laughs> stuff it was just insane. But, but then after James Simon starts working there, at one point, Simon is trying to get in. The uh, doorman of the building is giving him problems getting into his workplace. James comes by and goes, hey, it's all right. He's with me. And the guy immediately says, any friend of James is a friend of mine. <laughs> right. And buzzes him right through. There's also a scene um, later on that I thought was funny that kind of speaks to the fact, the weird fact that James is more beloved, even though he, you know, obviously treats people like crap, is he's walking through, um, Simon's walking through the hallway, I think going to see 
James, this is towards the end, and the janitor, who is Jay Maskus, by the way. I thought that was kind of fun. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even um, notice that. He's like, you're not supposed to be here, or something like that. And he's like, yeah, fuck, go, go fuck yourself. And he's like, oh, hey, James. Oh, hey, James. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was the janitor of the building. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just want to say one other thing I love was the detectives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah the young house. detective was the kid from Submarine. Yeah. Uh, we, yes, it was. We can li- we don't need to extrapolate any more. Yeah, yeah. That like we'll let them uh see for themselves. If like, you haven't this, uh, watched this movie yet and you're listening to this podcast, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> Your name is James, and you mistreat women and dogs. That's... But women love you. All right, so we're going to say. What do you guys think of this film? I'm going to go first. I like the story. It was very stylized. Kept my interest. The st- well, the story is a little weak at points. It's very weird. But everything else is great. Acting is great. Visuals are great. All the shots are great. The story being a little weird and being surreal is the only problem I could ever see with this film. It's really good. You should check it out. I Matt, what do you think? fucking loved this movie. This is like the exact kind of movie that I probably wouldn't recommend to people because most of the people I would talk to in my life, I would be like, yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to really be into this, but that I loved it. I thought it was great. Kevin? Um, I... I really liked it the first uh, uh two-thirds of and then you fell asleep well that that that, uh, that aside i really thought the first two-thirds were excellent and a lot of fun to watch even if logically you couldn't really make sense of it because it was just so um unreal you know, or super real, if you I like this right. earlier. <laughs> Sir, real. Yeah. This, um, uh, there. I mean, there was a certain logic to it. There were things that are kind of established in it. They're just, you know, crazy stuff. Yeah, they're like they're, it's its own universe. It's its own rights. Which actually, I mean, it does kind of feel like maybe it's a dream, and that um, Matt spoke earlier about reading a little bit of the book. And that's like the first page of the book is uh, he's not sure if he's still awake or if he's if he's dreaming. Yeah, that's how um, it starts off. Um, I just I don't know. If, towards the end, I just I don't know if I'd had my fill of it. I just kind of lost interest. It just um, it didn't hold me all the way through. And I, I watched it. I, like I said, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I've watched it almost three times. <laughs> <laughs> No, I understand what you mean. You mean there wasn't a transformer in it, so you weren't interested. <laughs> right. Nothing exploded. No, uh, what uh what you're saying about it being a dream actually, uh my uh my wife when we were watching it right at the beginning on the train when this you know, the guy you're in my place and just like gets his thing stuck in the door and just all this stuff. She said what nightmare is this? <laughs> yeah. 
And I was like, yeah, that's a good quote about this movie. But I, it, when uh, he discovers that he can hurt James by hurting himself, I don't know. By that point, I, I was already kind of, I had lost interest, I guess. It, I still enjoyed the story. Um, like I said, I don't want to spoil anything. I just think that, um, I don't know, once he got more into telling their story rather than, than setting up this world and his life and his, and James as his foil, I thought, I thought it lost some steam. Yeah. Um, uh, I can see, totally see that. I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, this so actually, you, def- um, you do think this is the best movie that we've reviewed so far. Well, I had that thought, and that made me actually think, now that we've done four movies, would you guys want to each rate the order? Oh, wait, Kevin, you didn't watch one of them. But, I will, uh, I will um, politely abstain from that one. I was just interested what order you would write the uh, movies that we've done so far. All right, I'm cool with that. Do you want to start off, Matt? I'll say what I think. You want me to start? Yeah. Start from the bottom, and then we'll be and then count count down to number one. <laughs> right. Like, Start from case, the bottom and be like, now we're here. Do your case obviously, obviously, number four is the sack. Yeah, that movie was at best okay. At yes. best. <laughs> if I can make Sacrament number five, let's do that. And four <laughs> is held open for whatever the next movie is. <laughs> and. I already spoiled number one for me is this movie. Yeah. So three and two. Sandwich now. Go for it. You got the bread. Yeah. I just have to decide which meat I put where. You got secret sauce for next week's movie, I guess. This is a really good analogy, though. I feel like for these movies that I have really good, weird bread on one side and (laughs) stupid, crappy bread on the other side. (laughs) Stupid, poisonous bread. And then in the middle, I have two meats that I really liked. And I'm like, does it really matter which side I put them on? <laughs> well, wait, I proposed ranking them. <laughs> so yeah. I I <laughs> yeah, that was kind of your idea. Uh, you just would be like, Sacramento's terrible. All right. <laughs> Let's yeah. judge that up again. <laughs> Man. Uh, just I, I, I think... I'm not totally confident about this. I I might have to live with the idea of these movies longer to have a full, uh, a more full idea of them. But I feel like uh, Blue is the Warmest Color was better than Blue Ruin. Although I believe when we covered Blue is the Warmest Color, I said I think Blue Ruin was better. I think you did say that. I think I did too. Which I can, I think it is. So your Just, order is. I don't know. As a movie, I feel like I like Blue is the Warmest Color better, but. Just he knowing. He has personal feelings about the, the making of the film that I think hinders him in rating, well, ranking it higher. I feel like knowing what I know about the filmmaking of the two of these, which, you know. I wasn't there, but I know a little bit about the filmmaking of both of these. If you were just... there, you would like Blue Storm and Color better. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would have quit because yeah. the director would have abused me. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I feel like, uh, I definitely have to give, uh, Blue Ruin. That was clear that they knew what they wanted to do. Whereas Blue is the warmest color. Abdelatif Kashish was kind of like, yeah, I sort of know some things I want to do. Let's just shoot for five months and then I'll just take all the footage and put something, put yeah. something there. So break down your order because <laughs> I don't know where things no! going. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to do is confuse you with a weird long explanation so I didn't have to do it. So you got to do this. This was your idea. All right. Number four, number five, The Sacrament. Number four, held open for whatever next the next movie, movie is we watch. It's going to be The number... Sacrament. <laughs> yeah, Sacrament 2. Sacramentia. Oh, wait, we don't have to worry about that because Dylan can't choose movies anymore. <laughs> number three, blue is the warmest color. Two, blue, ruin, one, the double. Nice. All right. Logan? Number four. Definitely a sacrament. <laughs> oh, you gave it a higher ranking than me. <laughs> he liked it a lot more than you, I guess. There's not even... There's only four choices right now. There's only four spots of the four movies. Dude, I'm picking an Ernest movie, so... Leave it yeah. up. <laughs> leave the well, next week up. it'll be number five, then. Okay. But <laughs> for right now, it's number four. The sacrament was, at best, okay. It was, I don't think it was a terrible film. But it just felt really uninspired. Technically, that is, a, that is a great word for it. Yeah, it was very uninspired. Very yeah. felt very cliche, very cliche cultish, because the Jonestown massacre is well known and it's been inspired a lot of things. So it just felt very uninspired, very cliche. There were some cool scenes in it, but it just really there were some things that didn't make sense in it too, and just generally didn't really capture my attention or enjoyment very well. <laughs> yeah, I like I I didn't want to totally trash that that movie the way that Kevin did, but it's it's not even close to the other three. Yeah. Number 3 is going to be Blue's the Warmest Color. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty close between that and the double in all honesty for me. I knew that the double was going to be your number 2. Blue is the warmest color. You're a genius, Matt. <laughs> it's a very good film. It's, but it's very long. Some of the things in there, I don't feel they needed to be in there. The seven-minute sex scene was just gratuitous and not even very interesting. <laughs> just felt all right. I gotta go watch point. this movie now. <laughs> and that was something that uh, Dylan brought up when we were talking about Blue is the warmest color. That. Uh... You know, you were saying there's a lot that didn't need to be in there. And he's like, no, but everything served a purpose. No, it's like, that's good that everything served a purpose. Mm. But (laughs) like you still just because something serves a purpose doesn't mean it has to be in the movie. Every time every time someone uh, brings that up, I think of Wonder Boys. Well, a lot of things like, well, Dylan said that about Blues of the Color, but I felt a lot of the stuff could be cut down a little bit shorter. It's a very long film. Yeah, it's like when things are in a movie that don't serve any purpose, that's a sign of it being a really shitty movie. Yeah. Well, so they... I think a lot of the scenes could have been cut down a little bit longer or a little bit shorter. Could have been a little more streamlined. 
But it's a good film overall. It's very believable, very great acting. It's a good film. I definitely would recommend seeing it. Even though I disagree with what Steven Spielberg said about it, fuck you, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Number two is The Double. I like this movie a lot. It's very stylized. Made my feelings about this known earlier. I think the story was a little weird, a little weak oh, what, at points. What did you think about The Double, Logan? <laughs> Talk about that for a we while. We should have a podcast about that. But the style is awesome. Camera work is awesome. Acting is awesome. It's a great film. Definitely check it out. I really want to watch it again. I wish my uh, rental hadn't <laughs> run out. Come I got to see it in theater. So I was, during my trip to New York, I saw it in the theater. I was very happy about that. Oh, I'm so super surprised that Logan mentioned that he went to New York. <laughs> I saw and so many. One on I went to that theater like twice. I saw like three <laughs> movies in theaters in New York. One was just Godzilla, which was okay. Oh, but, did you see just Godzilla? I saw Godzilla. I saw. <laughs> that sounds like a romantic that's, comedy. That's the cut of the movie that they edit everything out, but the shots of Godzilla. That would have been awesome. That actually that would have yeah, been better film. Would have been better. But I saw Only Lovers Left Alive in New York, and I saw The Double in New York as well, at a smaller theater. The which... Devil in New York. The Double. The Double in New York. Yes, I saw that. I saw the Double. I saw the movie The Double <laughs> while I was in New York. At the Sunshine Theater. Wait, place. I'm confused. Did you see the double in New York? All right. Or the so double I'm gonna go my I was in movie. New York? Those are two different movies. Uh, all right. So my number one film, no surprise. Is Blue Ruin. Yes. I did it. I was looking 100%. forward to this film ever since I heard about it, which was about three months before it came out, because Jeremy Solinger had directed another film that I really enjoyed, Murder Party. Blue Ruin is very, very different. Murder Party, you could see, was shot very well. The acting was okay in a lot of places. It was funny. The script wasn't really that great. But it was a really cool film. I really enjoyed it. Blue Ruin is fucking amazing. <laughs> it is, like, masterfully crafted. Everything has a point. Nothing really goes on too long. Everything, it really just makes you think. And it shows you what it wants to do. And it does a really good job of it. That movie is probably going to be my favorite movie this year. It's amazing, and as soon as it comes out on DVD, I'm buying it. It's got to go in my collection. It's a great film. It's probably going to be one of my favorite movies of all time now. That's that's my thoughts on Blue Ruin. If so you, you love film, it. Yeah, if you love film, you need to see Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin is probably the film I would recommend to everyone. Like, The double's pretty quirky. I can see people not liking it. Blue Ruin's just amazing. And I think it could appeal to most people, regardless if you like Hollywood movies or you just like small indie films. It's really, really good. The only reason I wouldn't might not recommend it is if you're really averse to violence. Or if you don't like everybody dying at the end of the movie. Spoilers. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Matt. Wow. I said spoilers afterwards. Well, he also yeah, said everybody, <laughs> Um, before. <laughs> That's oh. the way spoilers work. <laughs> Did you hear me? I said spoilers. Well, is that hey? <laughs> well, we, can, we can cut that out regardless. Whatever. All right. Um, All right. Edit, edit, edit point. Start recording right now. Uh, okay. Yeah, Blue Rune was great. Unless uh, you don't like people dying at the end. Everybody dies. No. Damn. Spoilers. I'd better say it at the first. Damn. Okay. Blue Rune's a really awesome film. 
I would definitely recommend it to everyone. Kevin, out of the three movies you saw, how would you rank them? Actually, um, you can go ahead if if you'd like and put Sacrament below Blues Worms coming. I will do that. <laughs> Based solely on what I've heard about uh, uh, Blues Worms color. Um I don't think I need to repeat anything I said about the sacrament because it's uh, recorded, <laughs> and uh, I thought it was uh, insulting. And uh, and like I said, I think Logan nailed it. Uninspired, it just didn't. He, it, as far as phoned in, I think that that it felt like a phoned in exercise, um, which is really sad because Ty West seems like like just from what I've seen, this is the only the few things I've seen by Ty West. He seems like a pretty good director. But this is just not very good. <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, House of the Devil? No, I have it on DVD. God damn you, people! I you just need to watch it. It'll be my next pick if nobody else picks it. Um, Blue is the warmest color. Number three, <laughs> Naked Broads. Uh, lots of time to do what you'd like. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you could you could uh, make an omelet or uh, um, that is. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you just made me realize you could literally make an omelet during the sex scene in Blue is Warmest Color. Very long sex scene in Blue is Warmest Color. Yeah. Unnecessarily long. I've already, I'm already turning on the that, Xbox. That um, doesn't really achieve anything that, that was... It just went switching positions, pretty much. Um, <laughs> halfway through. That's what the other three minutes is. And with ass slapping, really? Yeah, if you're a real big fan of ass slapping, if you feel that really adds depth to the characters, <laughs> knowing I feel that it like adds a lot of depth to the character, <laughs> knowing that they like <laughs> to slap each other's ass. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this That's character was really. I like whenever I write a character, ass. I always jot that down on their on their uh, traits. I feel um, them slapping their each other's asses really reveals their inner torment. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting the aggression that they have inside out, and also the uh, fervor with which they love to slap asses. And also, it jiggles. Oh, that's so cool when it jiggles! <laughs> I love that character trait of um, asses. And as far as the top two, um, based that's solely good. on. Based solely on recommendation purposes, I would put the double number two. Um, I would have to watch Blue Ruin again to say decisively which one is my favorite. But as far as, like, if I'm just telling someone I meet tomorrow, like, good movies I've seen lately, I would probably open with Blue Ruin. Because it's, it's definitely a far more, I won't say easy, easier to watch, but it's, uh, you don't have to interpret too much to enjoy it. Here's um, the thing, Kevin. This is tell not, me why I'm the, wrong. This is not the no. I'm not going to argue with it. Like <laughs> as far as which one you like more, right. but this is not the list of things you would recommend. As I said, I probably would not recommend the double to people, like just the general public. Well, but I liked it more than Blue Ruin. Which I one did I you like, like more? I think I like <laughs> the first the first half of the double. I liked more than Blue Ruin. <laughs> However, um, Blue Ruin, I think, was, for me, better all the way through, from beginning to end. 
I think they both had little problems for me at the at the end. Um, but I think as far as just straight storytelling, I think I think Blue Ruin did a great job, and uh, the double. So much is left open to you to figure out what's going on. That uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I it got kind of tiring. I think I think that's why I lost some interest towards the end. So Sacrament Blue is warmest color. That double Blue Ruin. Yeah, you trust is better than the movie you did see. I absolutely trust. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna argue with either of you guys about Blue Ruin v the Double. They're both very good movies. I just personally, I, I, I personally, I, I like the Double more. I think what we learned from like us discussing these four movies that we saw is that I have better taste than both of you. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> what we've learned. <laughs> I think what we've learned is that you judge movies based on how many people die as long <laughs> as it's not a shitty movie. Because the most people died in the sacrament, but it was a shitty movie. Um, the first um, half of Blue Ruin or that first uh, the first part where he's we see him, how he's living. So how great. It's so which, it, which it's, I didn't I didn't even excellent. get the depth of until the second time I watched it. Exactly. It's that is that to me is filmmaking at, at a at a level that you don't see a lot of. Um, but then I here's the admire, thing I, I totally did what what uh, the director Richard Iwade did with the double, especially the opening again, gorgeous. But I don't know, as far as just straight up storytelling, I, I think Blue Ruin probably is better for me. See, that's interesting to me, though, because you said how much you loved the beginning of Blue Ruin, but you also said you liked the the first part of the double more than the first part of Blue Ruin. I know. <laughs> They're both really good films. They're both very stylized. Yeah, this is completely different ways, but this isn't a versus thing, which I guess ranking kind of makes it that in itself. But. I guess and you really guess want us to like to... the double more than Blue Ruin. <laughs> I guess Here's the thing: I, say... I never ever rank stuff. Like I never rank my favorite stuff. This was your idea. <laughs> I know that's what's so weird. <laughs> the fact that that um, you just wanted so to much... trash on Sacrament more. I think I just wanted to hey, get yeah. uh, your guys' ranking once I realized that I this was my number one. The fact that so much was said in Blue Ruin through that first uh, 10, 15 minutes without dialogue. Yeah. That can't, I mean, no amount of stylization to me can match that. I mean, I think that's probably what, if I had to, if I had to pick one, like I said, I really enjoyed them both. That's why I would go with Blue Ruin. Interesting. <laughs> so uh, to close up the ranking segment, uh, Kevin and Logan's lists are exactly the same, and I'm the visionary. You're the visionary with five spots for four movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm thinking <laughs> outside the barn. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, that's the whiskey laughing. <laughs> All right, so what are some other things you guys have been watching? Any other movies that we haven't been talking about that you really enjoyed? 
recently. What did I watch? I did watch something recently. I don't remember. <laughs> All right, so Matt's the devil. Hey, did I bring up and submarine? Did I bring up? Uh, oh, I watched uh, Short Term Twelve recently. Oh, what's that? Uh, it's a good movie. Just look it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a new movie, isn't it? Yeah, I personally I love going into movies not knowing anything about it. The script actually won a Nichols Fellowship. Uh. What is it about? Uh, I don't want to tell you because the opening scene. I was gonna say we gotta would, mute it because I don't want to hear. It would spoil the opening scene. Okay, never for mind. me, not really, but personally, I liked going into it and then realizing what was going on. All right, so what's the name of the film again? Short Term Twelve. Short Term Twelve. Who directs it? Uh, somebody. I forget. Okay, I started watching. Um, I think I mentioned it to you before, Matt. Uh, Dark Star. It was John Carpenter's, like, student movie. Oh, yeah. I actually really want to see that. It, it's it's very student-y. In, um, but not, not in, like, the arty way, but just in the fact that it's... He didn't know what he was doing yet? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, the Of course, it's got, like, grade Z special effects. And the stuff is delivered by people who probably are never intended to be actors. Um, kind of in a deadpan way. It, it's if you have nothing else to watch, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say don't watch that. <laughs> Wait, that sounded really confusing. Um, <laughs> if you don't uh, not have anything else to not watch, I wouldn't say to not way, watch this. I, in the, That's pretty in much the how notes, I felt about the sacrament. <laughs> <laughs> in the notes, um, the last thing it says is, um, "Oh, and guess which." <laughs> Which actor was tripping on LSD during the filming? <laughs> the answer so, is all of them. <laughs> so if that tells you a little bit about about the headspace of this movie. Nothing but now. improvised lines that film. <laughs> it's just, I, we're on for attack. It, <laughs> it has the charm. It has the charm and I use the word, you know, ironically, of like home movie of See, like people who did it themselves, like Totally. That's, that's really, I like watching student films because I feel like I would rather see something that's kind of a mess, but is like an original thing that somebody like. And you would like this movie. It's <laughs> an original like statement. It's something that oh. some, it's come from someone's soul that is kind of a mess than something that is very polished that is just bullshit that I've seen a million times. And And how could I forget I watched Escape from Tomorrow? Yeah, how could you forget that? How could I forget that? I, I was Is thinking it because was it was not I saw. very good. Yeah, I heard it's, really bad things about that. I'll tell you what. Since no, we're probably never going to talk about it on here. Otherwise, there were so many more interesting things he could have done with the premise, and it's to me, it was just a big mess. Escape from Tomorrow was about him trying to find his son in Disneyland, right? It's about a vacation and. And general he finds sadness. Out, yeah, he life. finds out the first, the like the opening scene is him standing on the terrace, finding out that he's lost his job, and they're going out for their last day of Disney World afterward. Um, really, more of the premise is that he sees these two uh, French All right, girls. After, is it the French it, girl like from Blue's uh, Wars Caller? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Is it Leia Sedu and Adele Exarchopoulos? I wouldn't know because oh, it was no. black and white. Um. 
Kevin, answer the question. Is it Leia Sidhu and Adele Xarchopoulos? No, it's not. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> not but, a Blue uh, of the World's color tie-in. <laughs> Noted. Uh, the closest I could get to a uh, synopsis is he becomes kind of obsessed with these two young French girls. Yeah, we don't need to go... They're, like, following it. him around. No, yeah, that's all I was going to say. Um, I'm going to watch and it. And it's just, it's like a, a rabbit hole sort of thing cool. to keep it in Disney terms. Um, I, just my impression without knowing very much about it at all was that it was about sadness at Disney World. Despair. <laughs> despair. The juxtaposition of, the, of despair at the happiest place on Earth. Yeah, I just feel like he could have... He could have made several far better movies than the one that he ended up with. Well, that's cool. You guys, if you guys watch it and want to talk about it, I would love to talk about it because it's 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 is worth talking your, about. So that's I'll, your pick. No. I'll watch it, but I'll never I mean, talk about it. If y'all would like to, if y'all want to watch it, oh wait, you're not going to talk about it, so we can nope. count you out. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm up for talking about it. Maybe just not that. on the podcast. If it's your pick, I'll talk about it. But <laughs> yeah. you know, let's not get too off track. Oh, speaking of Apocalypse Now, have you guys seen Heart of Darkness? No. Is that the documentary? The documentary? Yeah, that's super good. What I've been... I've, speaking of documentaries, last... Well, not last week, but two weeks ago, I saw Joe Dorowski's Dune. Yeah, I want to see was that. It? But it, it was... left... It, I saw it was in the theater, and I'm like, oh, shit, yes, I'll see it tomorrow. And then the next showing tomorrow was during, like, while I was at work. And that was the uh, only showing, then it that left. That sucks. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really interesting how this team of people he put together inspired pop culture and film. And honestly, I think that Jodorowsky's Doom would have been a complete fucking wreck, in all honesty. <laughs> it sounds want, like it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to conform to a two or three hour film. So he's like, it'll be as long as it, however it takes. <laughs> I would watch it. <laughs> yeah, I would watch it, but probably like five sittings if it's like fifteen hours long. Yeah, not really. Uh, not really down for that in one sitting. I watched, um, or I should say, I tried to watch. Was it El Cid? It, it was a movie. Like, it was like a surreal western that he made, and that was I, El Topo. El Topo. El Topo. Yeah. And it did nothing for me. It was overtly weird. So you know, very arty. And Jodorowsky should fuck himself? Is that what you're saying, Kevin? I think he should stick to comic books. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't read any of his comics yet, which I will probably be doing soon. But Jodorowsky's doing was really good. Altopa looks really interesting. I want to watch that. He actually has a new film coming out this week. He does. Called A Dance in Re- of Reality, I believe. Nice. Yeah, that was... Uh, I was... Trying to see that while I was in New York, but it wasn't out yet. So, yeah. <laughs> did uh, did I talk about the art of killing? Uh, no. I think, I think you mentioned it to me briefly. It sounded amazing. Yeah, I don't uh, like. I don't want to pick any documentaries for this thing. Yeah. So I don't want to talk about a fucking documentary. Because it yeah. would be better to just watch the documentary. It would be far better to just watch the documentary. The, Which is the, great that we're talking about the stuff now. Right. It's like, Joe Rask's Doom, check it out. It's pretty cool. Which the art of killing, oh boy, if you like documentaries and you don't mind subtitles, just watch it. You gotta watch it. Oh, I think I've been told about this. It's about 
Indonesia, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I actually got a conversation about that because I was talking about the Raid 2. Oh. Raid 2 is also, I saw that a couple months ago. That movie is great. That would have been my top film this year if I hadn't seen Blue Ruin. (laughs) (laughs) If you hadn't seen The Double? No. No, I I really want to see Raid 2. It's really, really good. It is a beautiful film. Incredibly violent, but incredibly beautiful. The shots on it, you'll like it more than the double. You'll, you'll be, you'll go, holy shit, this is amazing. It's action packed. It's beautiful. The story's pretty cool. It's very crime noir. So really you're, tell, you're telling me Blue Ruin, Blue Ruin will Ruin to be three, three on, on my yeah. list? No, Blue Ruin's better. Blue Ruin's amazing. <laughs> so, so after <laughs> I see. Uh, the raid two, I will say. All right, Blue Ruin is better than the double. And no, you're right. Blue Ruin will the be raid a, two is three on your list. Nope. But you like the double more? Because yeah, you're right. It will be three. You okay. got a good list, Matt. Thanks, yeah. dude. The raid two, my number one pick. <laughs> it will be. It's really good. Which pushes Sacramento <laughs> six. Outlaw, <laughs> um, only lovers left alive last week too. I cut the sacrament from my list entirely. And only lovers <laughs> left arrive is uh, Jim Jarmusch, who directed Ghost Dogs, the only film I've seen by him. I've seen a lot of Jim Jarmusch movies, and Jarmusch I have kind of cool. I have super mixed feelings about Jim Jarmusch because seriously, do. <laughs> I, I will watch any movie Jim Jarmusch comes out with, but I like. But you only I, like half of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, or, or a half like all of them, really. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how people feel like. Pretty much the people who know him uh, that I've talked to that have seen more than one of his films like, yeah, he seems really cool. He seems like he directs some good movies, but I don't really care for like, well, most he, of He's stuff. another guy but, that seems like he does not know what he wants movies to be, but he just kind of does stuff. And he's like, yeah, just you figure this out. And yeah, I'm Ghost, like, Dog, Ghost Dog was really cool. And Only Lover's Left Alive, it really has that feeling. A lot of it's very stylized, some really cool shots, really great acting. But overall, it doesn't seem focused all the way through. I feel like uh, I kind of like Ghost Dog, but I feel like Ghost Dog is my least favorite of his movies. What was the, was it Strangers in Paradise? Uh, Stranger Than Paradise. Stranger Than Paradise. That, I really enjoyed that one. I did too. Um, Which that was one of his first, if not his first. I think right? it was his first. Um, I don't, I don't know of that many others that I've seen. I saw, was it 200 Cigarettes? Was that his? Or was he just uh, in that? Um, are you thinking of coffee and cigarettes? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. And I never saw, like, Dead Man. He had, that was a Johnny Depp movie. I haven't um, seen Dead Man in a long time, but I really, really liked Dead Man when I saw it. Okay. Okay, you guys got me excited for a second, but I think I was thinking Cemetery Man, which is a completely different film. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you see Broken Flowers? I like Broken Flowers. You're listening to Jim Jarmusch Cast. <laughs> The the moose cast, <laughs> the moose cast, <laughs> John moose cast. Broken Flowers was really interesting. Um, but again, that's a movie I really overall when it's off, I'm like, yeah, I really like that. But there's shit I did not like about it. Or and also, the- also I got mad just because I heard him talking about that movie, and somebody was like, hey, what does this thing mean? And he's like, I don't fucking know. You figure it out. <laughs> I Just think that's it, awesome. I, that's, why I really do. That's why I put it in there. You figure it out, asshole. 
I don't think I he think called the kinda, person I asshole. I think that's kind of cool. I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool in a way too, but it is like, I'm just like, you're just throwing shit out there. Like, all right. <laughs> well, that's that, the thing that about make film me... is no matter how thrown out there it seems, there was a lot of planning into him just throwing it out there. You know, it's not like they just woke up one morning and he said, oh, I'll do it this way. And, you know, five minutes later, they did it that way. Yeah, again, I I have mixed feelings about him. Anything he makes, I'll I'll be there. Yeah, I'll watch See, that. It was not. It was definitely worth my time. I don't regret watching it at all. I re- I enjoyed it. Also, I would recommend watching the episode of Fishing with John that he was on. <laughs> Fishing <laughs> with John. <laughs> Is that the with the guy from Ween? Is that the one? Fishing. Yeah, that's what I've been checking uh, out. John Lurie, right? Yeah. Um, so you would recommend the only lovers left left? Are you yes, thinking so of recommend fish- out. It's pretty cool? Are you thinking of fishing with Gene with Gene Ween? That's probably <laughs> what I was thinking of. What was that a thing? That'd I don't know. Google shit. that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe like I. It's not under Gene Ween, but he had a show where Ween broke up, and he had just learned about it from the announcement that the other guy made. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's awesome! I think it was Dean Ween, the guy who played, who was Dean Ween. At, I used to get like a show where he fished. <laughs> I've got to find that now. Hopefully, he writes weird songs while he fishes. Fishing with Ween, <laughs> and you just stick your dick in the water and catch it. <laughs> uh, Maybe I'm thinking something else. Maybe he was just on that fishing with John show. I don't know. Or maybe that he sounds, was fishing when he weird. found out that Ween broke up. I think he was. He gets a tweet. What the? <laughs> all right, but that's yeah, that's what I've been watching. So I thought those were all pretty cool. I think well, this is a pretty good episode. I think it, we're under. We're just hit two hours. I think we're actually doing pretty good. Yeah. Especially if you recorded all that bullshit we said before we started talking <laughs> about movies. Yeah, I did. Uh. I recorded a lot of that stuff. The like I've been recording for the past one hour and 47 minutes. Yeah, now we just need some good old-fashioned editing. Yeah, and what we need to do right now is some good old-fashioned Kevin Pick Your Movie. <laughs> hmm, wait, old-fashioned? I've never done it before. Do it now! So that means I'm trailblazing. Hmm. Do whatever fashion suits you, Kevin. <laughs> oh my god. Well, this is your moment. This, this I feel like this we've long. had... I feel like we've had like a lot of um, heavy movies, a lot of density and darkness. So oh, I you want to pick a lighter movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to kind of cleanse the palate of the soul, um, which this movie will not do. I was going to go <laughs> with <laughs> with the to do list. But you starring, watched it um, and got sad. Starring, oh, I didn't get sad. It was it's a it's a movie with stuff happens in it and people move around and talk. Okay, so you're telling so us that... what your pick is not. So is that your pick? Yeah. The to-do list. Okay, so pick? it is. Yeah. Then why okay. did you say I was gonna pick the to-do list? I, I, is that what I said? Yes, yeah. that is what you said. I don't believe I said that, but okay, it's recorded. So okay. <laughs> um, okay, I... so let's do this again. Do this again. For recording purposes, because I might just cut out the last whole section. All right. <laughs> we don't know what the fuck is going on. Logan, let's say it in, in synchronicity. 
Wait, can I, I, I can't. I wanted to do my thing about the thing about the stuff being dark and we're lightening it up. Yeah, you can do that. But yeah, you, you can do that. But we're gonna introduce it by saying, "Hey, Bro. Kevin, take that movie or whatever." Oh Logan. wait, is that what we're saying? That's cool, Logan. Yeah, start I, it off. Uh, I just said that it. And you, I like that. Start hey, off. Kevin. I'm gonna jump in and scream over your voice. <laughs> Apparently, that's what you keep on trying to do. Yes. <laughs> You're late. Hey, hey, Kevin, pick that pick movie, that or, movie whatever. or whatever. Well, I <laughs> figured. Logan, be louder. Match I've my figured. intensity. I hope you edit none of this. It's making me laugh like really hard on the inside. Um, so, Kevin, since we picked all darker films and heavier subject matter. Kevin, like start over. I was talking and, over all of that. Stop. Um, can start you not over. hear me? What? What? I was talking over all of that. Why? So start over. I'm picking the to-do list starring uh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey and, Plaza. And Bill Hader. And uh, it's got a cool cast. It's got a bunch of cool people in it. Cool. That's cool. A nice, uh, dirty sex comedy for us. Whoa. Dirty sex comedies. Because that's what all we're right. all about. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Arguably, that describes all of the movies we've watched so far. <laughs> Arguably. I would argue about that. <laughs> That's why I said arguably. <laughs> Unless there was a scene where um, uh, the two guys in uh, Blue Ruin got it on. I don't see how that fits. Oh, wait, the parents. Yeah, they got okay. it on. And that was the whole thing that started the whole thing. Right. Well, okay, so I, that's one point for Matt. <laughs> and I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> the, them boning caused all their kids to die. <laughs> That is ironic on a, on a very real level. It's like reverse pregnancy. Surreal was like, <laughs> yeah, respect. That's what happens when you have sex, you have kids, and then if you have sex with the wrong people, you have reverse kids. <laughs> reverse kids. Maybe that's what that um, St. Vincent song is about. The song Reverse Kids? <laughs> Birth in Reverse. I kind of want to cut that whole thing out where you tell that everyone that everyone dies at the end of Blue Ruin, but I want to kind of leave that in because reverse pregnancy is an awesome line. <laughs> yeah, leave it, leave it in, leave it in. Do not edit this a skosh of this. Oh, also, also, Logan, just get a clean real quick. So, Kevin, the the movie or whatever. The hey, to-do Kevin. list. Yeah, damn it, Kevin. The to-do list. Hey, Kevin, pick that movie or whatever. I do not know who directed it. Who cares? Yeah. List. Screw That's that. the next film. Awesome. Aubrey Plaza or Bill Hader. Who cares? Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Right. Childish right, Gambino wanna... is in it, too. Oh, really? Matt, do you have, already have your pick, or should we wait till three weeks from now? Let's wait till, wait, three weeks? I don't know. Wait, no, I, we picked I, for him. I figure that, I figure that's how long it's going to take you to decide on a movie. I'll have it ready for next episode, I promise. Okay. <laughs> I thought and we picked if, for him. If I haven't picked one, okay. this is my promise. I'll have it ready by next episode or I'll just blurt a movie out of it. <laughs> if you don't pick one, I can I can pick films. No, I'll pick one. Okay. I got this, bro. All right. I got this choosing or blurting out. I think I think the the to do list will be a little um, more affordable as far as uh, budgetary concerns. I don't know how I would go about seeing it. Is it on the Netflix? Amazon? It's on Amazon. Is it on Amazon Instant, or I have to pay for it 
It I think cost you like three bucks. God okay. damn it, Kevin. That's I mean it that's was on Netflix at one time, I think, but it's not fucking there. assholes need to start picking free movies. I just pick good movies. Oh yeah. Drop that bomb. Drop the mic. Yeah, Drop I think all I, the mic. I think I learned my lesson about blurting out movies last time when I said blue is the warmest color and then <laughs> you didn't had to realize watch it was eight hours long. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching like, damn, this is really long. I am glad I watched it though. It's a good film. It's a really good film. Not as good as some of the other films we watched. Not as good but... as two of them. Yeah, two of the four. <laughs> that's because I have awesome taste, so sorry. And if anybody disagrees with uh, us saying uh, anything's better than anything else, then fight with us on the internet! That's what we do best. I do have a question. Like, how current should we... Should we try and stay, like, with newer movies? I feel like go with your heart, man. Uh, Yeah, I feel that we should pick movies that are readily accessible. That's the key factor, okay. If I may recommend a companion movie to the to-do list, it's Can't Hardly Wait. Okay. Which is a, a 90s comedy, which is kind of what can't, which is kind of what the to-do list is aiming to be. I've seen, I think, Can't Hardly Wait once or twice, but mostly the end of it, and don't really understand most of it. But okay. That's, uh, there's a character in there named Mike Dexter. 30 Rock fans will appreciate that. <laughs> Astronaut Mike Dexter. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is just Logan. If you, if you have an extra hour and a half to kill, maybe throw that on once you've seen the to-do list, and because I think it would be helpful, at least be interesting to make some comparisons. Because, I, like I said, I felt there were a lot of parallels. Okay, interesting. Uh, and I, like I said, it's it's set in the '90s, and it kind of it kind of tries to have that feel. I think like it's like it was made in the '90s. Yeah. Well, it was made in the nice, wasn't it? It was like the to-do list. Like, no. The to-do list was. Oh no! Can't I'm talking wait about Can't Hardly Wait. It was like yeah, it was, that's yeah. like a '90s film. What? Of yeah. course, it feels like it was made in the '90s. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think the to-do list was based I on stuff that happened confusion. in the '90s. Yeah. Well, you did say, think surreal was like more real. <laughs> I didn't think that. Was that. I just misspoke. You just said okay. that. <laughs> oh, and we were like. And we got a classic joke out of it, so screw you both. <laughs> was the classic joke, screw you both. classic joke was surreal. You gotta watch out for that dude. Yeah. He keeps it real. He's super real. I'm going as surreal for Halloween. Good night, Logan. Good night, man. <laughs> Good night to you all. Thanks for listening to another episode of uh, you can email the show at platatmau at gmail.com. H-L-T-A-T-M-O-W at gmail. You can check us out on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at platatmau. You can check out the website. Hey, let's talk about the movie or whatever to come. Uh, you can do whatever you want, really. You know, just, just follow your dreams, everybody. You can do it. We believe in you. Keep listening. Bye-bye. This money used to be mine. You've changed, money.